You're listening to the Chicago Audible Podcast, changing up the way Bears fans stay up to date on their favorite team since 2015. Now get ready. Because it's time to bear down. Welcome back, Bears fans, to another episode of the Chicago Audible, and welcome to Draft Week. We're now only three days away from the 2021 NFL Draft, and I can't wait. I'm your host, Will DeWitt. I'm joined by my partner, Nicholas Moriano, and the two of us were here, and I believe we are ready to unveil our final two mock drafts. And as a guy who has correctly mocked Roquan Smith and Jalen Johnson, I'm excited to see which one of my players I'm about to discuss that we'll be heading to Chicago here this week. But in all serious, Nick, uh, how's it going? I saw you did another strong weekend of more great coverage of some local high school football. Yeah, and it, fortunately it did end the football season, but I'm doing well. It's just staying busy. Grad school is now picking up. but And also the NFL draft, like you said, is three days away. So I'm excited to finally put these mock drafts to bed with this last one and see what kind of happens starting Thursday. We've done a lot of mocks. I know you've written a couple. We've done our first one post-free agency. Then we did some simulations. Talked to Jacob Infante just about uh, people all across and a bunch of different positions up and down. So a lot of prospect talk here over the last, what, four-ish weeks on the podcast. And like you, I'm excited to go through this exercise again, but I'm also excited to get some more uh, concrete news, uh, actual real players that we know are going to be here to discuss. Uh, so I'm very excited about that. Uh, I have a little bit of those uh, raccoon eyes today. I was cutting grass in the sun. It hit like 85 degrees here in Bloomington, which is so nice uh, to get out there and get a little bit of color going on. And uh, I'm excited uh, for the weather to turn, but I'm more excited to dive into these mock drafts here today. Is there anything uh, that you want to preface your mock or just, or just this show about? I'm thinking about my mock. Uh, not really. There wasn't like any certain patterns that I was trying to do it just again wanted to be a little different from what I had mocked in my first two mock drafts but yeah it just kind of happened I used a couple of uh, mock draft simulations just gauge where everyone's going and honestly nobody really knows where some of these players are going to fall but yeah there really isn't any I don't want to say there's not not consistency but well you guys will see in a few minutes here who I have pegged going to the Bears in each round here uh, I also forgot to tell you, too, actually, before we went live, I wanted to let you know, I met someone today out shopping this morning that played high school football with David Montgomery, uh, which I thought was really cool. He saw my Bears card and had sparked up a conversation. He was like letting me know, like, oh, yeah, I know, uh, you know, Montgomery David. I was like, yeah, I know David Montgomery, not personally. Um, but yeah, I mentioned he played high school football with him. He played football at IU uh, and he graduated last year. He's still in town working on a degree and I also knew my old neighbor, uh, old neighbor, Vad Lee. So I thought that was pretty cool. A very small world. And uh, I, I should have asked if you can get David on the pod, but I never thought about it until honestly just now. Well, David Montgomery has our Chicago Audible business card that I gave, gave to him at Bears Fit. And well, we're still we're still waiting to hear <laughs> you call David or send that email. So just uh, check your wallet. It's definitely crumpled up in there and you'll be like, oh, yeah, that I guy came up to home. me in the bathroom. Yeah, yeah, we'll see. Probably not. I look on the ground outside of Bears Fit. There's, there's my name all crumbled up. It happens. <laughs> Tear, but, uh, but in all serious, I'm very excited. Let's get into this show. Let's get our 2021, our final 2021 mock drafts underway. And Nick, do you want to go first, or do you want me to kick things off? Uh, you know, I'll start it off here. Well, we'll we'll start with my. Uh, no, now first you pick remember here. you remember how you have to go through this, right? Like how you have to preface the pick, like the saying, and I give, I'm going to play the chime, and you got all that down. Yeah, you got it. All I right, think. Go. We'll see. With the first pick, round one, pick twenty, the Chicago yeah, Bears select. It. There you go, Greg Newsome out of Northwestern. This is a guy that when I saw he was, again using the draft simulators that I was using. He, he just made so much sense for the Bears, just being obviously a local kid out of Chicago. But just when you dive in and watch the tape, Will, 
his change of direction and his ability to shadow receivers is elite. He is that kind of corner where if you you have the number one receiver on the opposite end and he's on the opposite side of him, you feel comfortable with that because Greg Newsom is that type of guy. There were a couple of reps against Wisconsin where I have in my notes here where one of the receivers running a double move and Newsom's able to throttle down and he breaks on the initial move, but able to turn so fluently, just shadow the receiver, locate the ball, and then dislodge the football out of the receiver's hands the last second in the end zone. And you see that consistently out of a guy like Greg Newsom. So when I see that and knowing that the Bears do have Trufant, let's say Trufant does end up starting. You could still throw Greg Newsom at that nickel corner position for a little bit. And then once Trufant is done and over with his one-year contract, He's automatically starting. You have two young stud starting cornerbacks on the outside. And uh, look, in a division that has obviously Aaron Rodgers, Kirk Cousins, now Jared Goff, you need cornerbacks that can cover, that can cover these receivers and make it difficult for quarterbacks. So Greg Newsom is my pick for the Bears in round one. Greg Newsom, I like it a lot. I had him considered for my pick. He was on the board. I did go in another direction. I'll get to that in a minute. Uh, when it comes to Newsom, uh, w- were there any other players at the time during your simulation that you were considering that uh, you did pass up on? Yeah, so Tevin Jenkins was there at, at number 20, and I did have him in my first mock draft. And look, I easily, and I, I you know, well, I kind of wanted to take him again because <laughs> because he's that type of player. But just to kind of change things up a little bit, I wanted to go cornerback this first round and then see how it kind of changed up my selections as the draft went on. I like it a lot. Yeah, I know we didn't trade up again here in this mock. We did a few simulations, and I don't think it's worth our time to project that again just because we don't think that is you know set in stone. Surely it's possible, but for this mock, we didn't want to trade up. Uh, so we are sitting here at pick number 20. So with my pick here at number 20, I'm going to piggyback off of Nick, though, from his previous mock, and I'm throwing in good old Tevin Jenkins. And I don't know what I can say about him that most of our listeners probably don't already know. He's a large and strong dude, perhaps the strongest offensive lineman in this year's class, uh, both with his upper body and his legs. He brings that nasty. If you're in his way, he's going to impose his will on you and he's going to run you over. Uh, he's pretty balanced in his pass pro sets, doesn't get caught lunging all too much. And he's also terrific with his hands. Uh, he can lock up defenders in a cinch. And once he does, it's, well, Game over. He can control a defender with those bear claws, is what I'll call him here on the pod. Also, huge for the size. Remember, six foot six, six foot seven ish, 320. And on top of that, uh, with that size, that statue, and that strength, no second level defender, even in the NFL, stands a chance when he reaches them. Uh, here's a guy that starts day one. He makes that Bears offensive line better without any question. He's going to generate some push, move that line of scrimmage, uh, and just seeing how much he improved each and every year in college leads me to believe uh, that he's only going to continue to get a lot better there once he reaches uh, the pros. He has all the strength, the power, and the temperament that you want, and just watch out when he gets to refine that technique just a little bit with some more coaching. Uh, I also believe, Nick, something that goes under the radar with Tevin Jenkins, because everyone's so uh, enamored with all these intangibles and all these physical traits I think something that's underestimated is his football IQ. He's a very smart football player. He plays with patience and poise, and he understands different fronts, different blitz packages, different stunts, and how to combat them. He never looks nervous or confused when those were really thrown at him. So with my pick, the Bears get themselves, I put in my notes, I'm going to read it out loud, a true-ass kicker here in the first round. We got a dude, and, well, I'm thrilled. And I know you said you wanted to pick him again. You wanted to provide something different. Uh... This is something different for me because uh, my previous first-round pick was Elijah Moore, uh, and I, I'm still very satisfied with this pick as well. Absolutely. He's uh, one of my draft crushes for sure, Tevin Jenkins. And something that is also just when I was doing my research on him, he did um, – there's like a video on him, and he reads a letter, and it's actually to his mother who he lost to to breast cancer um, you know, years, years back. But he, he plays, and obviously with with her in in his mind, and that's I think maybe that leads to you know this nastiness that he presents on the football field. But whoever gets Tevin Jenkins, and if it is the Bears, they're getting a hell of a football player, and you know that team is automatically better because of the football player, but the person they're also going to get. Absolutely, good stuff there, Nick. And I think we have a few moments before we're back on the clock uh, for pick number fifty-two. So in the meantime, I want to make sure that you know. That today's show is brought to you by Mindful Health LLC, featuring Danette May's top superfood product, 
from her Earth Echo Foods line, Cacao Bliss. Nothing feels better than being able to enjoy rich, smooth, creamy chocolate and knowing you are doing something good for your body along the way. They start with 100% organic cacao beans that are naturally kissed by the sun, maintaining its miraculous health benefits. Then they blend it with turmeric, MCT oil, coconut, Himalayan sea salt, cinnamon, and black pepper for the perfect blend. And the result is a fall in love with a truly decadent, healthy, guilt-free chocolate, removing your cravings, facilitating weight loss, boosting your energy, and reducing your inflammation with one simple drink. And as you know, I got some of my hands on this earlier last week, and it tastes great. I mentioned I was going to make some pancakes over the weekend with it. I did. My seven-year-old, who's sometimes a little picky, maybe not with pancakes, uh, but he loved them. Uh, so they're very. Uh, this product is very uh, versatile, and it comes with a recipe book as well. That way, you can use it uh, for something that maybe uh, sparks your uh, imagination, like pudding, uh, so many things, drinks, food, you name it. Uh, so you can get up to 15% off uh, by using our promo code MINUTE15. And to do so, just please visit earthechofoods.com slash minute media. And again, that promo code is minute 15. All right. You're listening to the Chicago Audible. I'm your host, Will DeWitt, joined by my co-host, Nicholas Moriano. And we're here giving you our final Chicago Bears mock drafts of 2021. We're now entering the second round, pick number 52. And Nick, since I had my pick, the ad read, you're going to go first again, and then we'll switch up the order. So here we go. Yeah, with the 52nd pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, the Bears select Samuel Cassini, tackle out of Texas. Now, maybe people in the chat are thinking, well, Samuel Cassini's not going to be there. He very well might not be there at, at 52. But this is a guy that, if he is, there's no brainer that the Bears should select him because along with what Tevin Jenkins brings, that nastiness, you see that from Samuel Cassini in the run game. I think he is elite in terms of driving people back creating rushing lanes and just burying people into the turf. Uh, I have here, he's just a strong physical run blocker who displays a good anchor, drives opposing defensive linemen back and has the ability to recover. Even if an opposing edge rusher gets him on an initial step where he does have some trouble. And we might as well highlight some of these things that these, you know, later round picks are going to have is that against lengthier edge rushers, he was going up against Caleb on chase on who was, uh, what I think a top 10 pick last year, one of the best edge rushers in, in the, the last class, taller, was able to get a nice uh, just initial first step off the edge. And when Samuel Kasimi being as big as he is, stands, kind of stands straight up at times. And Caleb on Chason stood him up, drove him back, and you know had Sam Ellinger, the quarterback there, kind of running for his life at times. But then you also saw some reps where he's able to recover and block a very skilled pass rusher in a Caleb on chase on. So yes, there's going to be some times where he may struggle against those really freaky athletic pass rushers, which they're, you know, they're, they're more common now in the NFL than they're going to be in college football, but the power that he plays with, especially in the run game. And when you have the top five rusher in the NFL, Dave Montgomery, I think it's just a good fit for what the bears should be doing moving forward. So Samuel Kasimi, if he's there at pick 52, the bears have an address tackle. That's a guy that I'm looking for the bears to go get. Do you project him as a right tackle, a left tackle? Uh, I, I'm not too familiar with his exact draft profile. Uh, and then my second question is, is where are you getting that sex, uh, that extra E uh, sound in? Because uh, it's C-O-S-M-I, right? So that'd be Cosme? Yeah, or and maybe it is that's how you pronounce it. But I heard like the last video, they were pronouncing it the way I was saying it. So okay. maybe I'm, just, I'm just curious. But it might be Cosme. It might be Cosme. But he does play majority at left tackle. But just with how the Bears are constructed and seeing what maybe he could potentially do, maybe you could shift him down the line. But he did play majority at the left tackle position. So okay. that's something that I think Juan Castillo, this Bears coaching staff, will see because if maybe that right tackle position, which has a little bit more openness in terms of who could be playing, maybe that's where he can pit um, you know, my 52 overall pick there. Okay. See, that's my one reservation about Tevin Jenkins in the first is – drafting a right tackle in the first round. And I know Jenkins played a little bit of left tackle. We played a little bit of guard. I know he primarily projects right tackle. So that's why I was wondering if your tackle here in the second round uh, does project in more of that valuable position of left tackle, which it seems like he does. Uh, so that's where my question was kind of coming from. Gotcha. And yeah, I think you're actually right on the, the pronunciation of the last name, Cosme, Cosimi. 
I don't know what I don't know what I'm maybe some more combat that I was watching. You do not want it to be Kasimi because it sounds too much like Karimi and the last <laughs> which reminds me, Uh-oh. of course, of the yeah, what's Cosme, that Cosme, Cosme. There you go. Yeah, speaking into the microphone there. Yeah, that's why I was like, ooh, I don't like already being reminded of a, a first round bust at tackle with your guy. Uh, so I'm glad uh, that we're able to kind of straighten that one out. All right, so here for me, pick number 52. I am going with Diami Brown of the wide receiver out of North Carolina. During my simulation, uh, he was the best player available, and it just made so much sense for me to snag him here at pick number 52. Uh, I know all the talk has been that the Bears need to get someone who can play in the slot, and even though that may be true, I want to remind folks that the Bears don't just play one guy in the slot. Uh, Under Nagy, they rotate guys inside and out rather frequently, uh, especially Allen Robinson. He has over 100 snaps in the slot over his past two seasons. So what I like about Brown here is that he's a threat that can also be a lineup outside when Allen Robinson slides in, and that's why this makes a lot of sense to me. Uh, Brown, of course, playing inside and out. He's a little slim, six foot one, 185, but he doesn't play like it. Really good route runner. He needs to prove he can handle a larger route tree uh, at the next level. Uh, it was a little limited there at North Carolina. Uh, like our quarterback that we drafted in 2017, a little bit of a limited offense. Um, but I do believe he possesses the skill set uh, in order to grow his route tree just a bit. I love watching him through his progression. Uh, he does a really good job of varying his speed, using double moves to gain separation. And when he does that, he often leaves guys in the dust. And Brown, he's coming off back-to-back seasons with over 1,000 yards and 20 yards per catch. Uh, very good on vertical routes. He's known for being a dynamic, deep threat. He's pretty fast with a 4-4-6-40, though he's not a true blazer. But again, what I love about Brown is he can project to be a number two in an offense. Uh, unlike Elijah Moore in my first mock draft, who's a primarily a slot guy, Brown's a little bit more versatile. And I think that would really allow Matt Nagy and this offense to really just spice things up a bit between Darnell Mooney, Brown, and Allen Robinson. That would be a fun trio for me to watch and see how they can kind of utilize them as chess pieces uh, against different uh, fronts and coverages that they would be seeing. So for me, Diami Brown, wide receiver, North Carolina. Yeah, it's a guy um, I watched a lot of film on him as well, Will, and the double moves that you mentioned, when he's running those, those DBs are sometimes falling, but then the separation so it's that second burst. You see it consistently with Dynamic Brown, and I think that's something that the Bears obviously will take, another deep field threat. Deep field threat that it can also do some damage underneath. Uh, and again, bringing more speed to that offense has been uh, one of my focuses this offseason. Hopefully it is Ryan Pace's as well. But Nick, ready to jump in around three? Let's do it. All right, this one's me. So with the 83rd overall pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, the Chicago Bears select Paulson Adebo, the cornerback, out of Stanford. And yes, my previous pick here was Kellen Mond. He was off the board. I took a chance, didn't draft him in the second round. Kyle Trask was there. I want to mention that, but I decided, nah, I I, I passed on that. So here I choose a corner that has a really awesome and intriguing blend of size and length. He's at six foot one. Had himself a big-time 2018 season where he had 17 passes defended and four interceptions in just 13 games. Uh, he plays the high point better than most anybody in this draft class thanks to those long arms. You can really get them right into the catch point. I thought, Nick, you were making a catch point for me. Good timing when you're grabbing your headphones. Uh, he can get those hands right into the catch point and disrupt that, uh, that attempted catch. And he has loose hips that allow him to change the direction and stick with his man and I just love his style of play at the position, too. He's very physical in his coverage. He does a decent job of getting receivers off their mark and disrupts their routes and the timing with the quarterback. Also good at utilizing the sideline as leverage. He's not afraid to get involved uh, against the run. He has that aggressive mentality that extends beyond just his coverage, and he will not shy away from smacking a running back in a hole. And when I look at Adebo, uh, one thing that on top of that aggressiveness that stands out it also can get him in trouble at times, right? He can be a tad bit grabby, uh, but that's something that can be worked on. That can be coached. And I just love that he's just ball hungry as they come. That's something that you want in that secondary with every player that you line up back there. He also has a very strong football IQ, something that has me very excited 
uh, last year had me excited about Jalen Johnson when I mocked him to the Bears. And I see some similarities there with the work ethic, the football smarts, and his ability to read quarterbacks' eyes, bait quarterbacks into throws, and utilize his length to his advantage. And he also has good speed where if a receiver gets a step or two on him, he can close on that. And with that length, that's just a little extra bonus for him to make sure he can fully uh, recover. And like you, Nick, with your first-round pick, uh, mine, mine here, maybe you can play him in the slot the first year and then move him outside. I do see him eventually being a st- uh, outside starting corner and pairing him with Jalen Johnson, just like Newsom, would be a very fun duo to watch here in Chicago for some time. And I'll end on a fun fact. Paulson's native language is French, obviously, because his mom's native language is French. So he's a bilingual uh, football player, and I, I don't know how much you know about being bilingual, Nick, I know you know a little bit, but I know people who are bilingual tend to have a higher IQ in general because of how that mind's work and able to absorb two uh, different languages. So just something I wanted to throw out here as well, but that is my 83rd pick. Yeah, and someone that I'm not as familiar with, so I'll definitely have to go do some homework just in case the Bears draft them uh, before maybe uh, Friday's uh, draft their day there. But I'm going to go with my 83rd pick. The Bears are going to select Tylen Wallace, wide receiver out of Oklahoma State. Hey, that's all right there. A little preview before um, we talk about him here. But this is a guy that is just ultra productive there at Oklahoma State. And look, they, they like to throw the football a lot. Tevin Jenkins would know that being, seeing Tylen Wallace scoring, scoring all the touchdowns that he did while he was there back in 2018. So a couple years back, 1,491 yards there, Will, in his final season. 66 first down catches, led all Power 5 conference receivers. It's a guy that only, with all the production that he's had, only three drops in the last two seasons. 178 targets, three drops. And despite the size, and it's not like he's a you know small, small guy. He's 5'11", 187. He plays really physical with the football. He lowers that shoulder, runs through guys. All you guys have to do, if you're, you don't know anything about Tylen Wallace, just do Tylen Wallace versus Iowa State. What will come up is he's going to be on the left side of the play. It's a trip to the left. He's the Z receiver. He's in the slot, and he runs a little bubble screen, and somehow he turns this bubble screen into a 50-plus yard touchdown, running over two people and then just delivering one of the nastiest stiff arms I've ever seen. And I'm so glad it happened against Iowa State, too, out of all teams, just me being a Hawkeye, of course. But that's what you see out of Tylen Wallace consistently, just this physical presence, whether the ball's up in the air where it's a – I wouldn't even call it a 50-50 with Tylen. Like, he's not the biggest guy, but it's like more of a 60-40 his favor. He's going to bring that down and make the catch for whoever the quarterback is. And you just see a lot of deep touchdown receptions. And I got to watch him – at the senior bowl and this is a guy just so savvy so savvy with his route running it doesn't matter who's the db and coverage he's going to create space and make it easy for quarterbacks to throw into that's what he could provide he was mostly lined up on the right side as a receiver but he's a guy that at the senior bowl was also playing in the slot and i think would even maybe be even more productive if he played there just because he can have a little bit more space he doesn't have the best speed or even the best height so Move him inside, give him more space to work with where he can really just use that route running ability to create that space. But like like we're trying to find guys that the Bears can obviously utilize in the slot. Tylen, like like your guy earlier, Will, is like somebody that you can put all around mm-hmm. the offense. So Brown can go everywhere. Wallace can go everywhere. Just creates more options for Matt Nagy and what he wants to do. That's what I think Tylen Wallace can bring to his Bears offense. I like that a lot. I also like that after three rounds, we've drafted the same positions just in different order. Uh, but it looks like our priorities are pretty much aligned. Yeah, and, and the quarterback is not one of the priorities this, this time around in this mock draft. No, it's not. Not in this one. At least not yet. Who knows what you or maybe I uh, have up my sleeves here later. So after pick... Oh, gee, 83. We have a while to go here until we're uh, on the clock again, Nick. So how about this? Uh, I did call Seattle earlier, and I was talking to the GM, and he wasn't really interested in, well, I was trying to get Russ again, and that just wasn't really going to be the case. And uh, it's one of those things where, oh, what's that? We, we got a phone call going that, on. Seahawks? That's Schneider, uh, Seahawks GM here on the line. We're going to pick that up? 
Yeah, I was trying to pick it up. It just took a while. So uh, I know you can't listen to my conversation, but he's willing to uh, give us uh, pick number 129 here. Let me show up all the details here. Uh, so we'd have to give up pick 164 and 204, um, but we can move up about 30 spots here to get another pick in the top 130. I say go for it. I'm, I'm all for it. The Seattle Seahawks have, I think, three picks. They do. This entire that's why he was draft. calling. They need people. So I, I'm I all for it. I tried to get it for Russ, too. That didn't work, but they're like, we need draft picks, and uh, we have a lot to give up here in the back half of this draft. So that makes a lot of sense here on both sides. So let's go ahead. Pick number 129, Nick. You want to go ahead and kick that one off here post-trade? Yeah, with the 129th pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, the Chicago Bears select Kelvin Joseph Jr., cornerback out of Kentucky. And maybe this is another one, you guys, where you're like, how is Kelvin Joseph lasting all the way to pick 129? Well, he was there in one mock draft simulator. And I think where this maybe he this can be realistic and what is maybe not characteristic of the Bears, he's got some some character issues. He um, A guy that had to sit out of the bowl game and when he was at LSU, was suspended for the bowl game in 2018, and kind of has these imma- immaturity and accountability issues, and that's in Dane Brugler's The Beast, if you read that. But And he's also really focused on his rapping career. Has six albums under the name. Ready for the name? YKDV. Boss man fat. And the reason why his name's fat, and I was listening to him in an interview, he was actually like 10 pounds as a baby. So his mom and his family would just call him fat all the time. And it just kind of stuck. And then once he got, you know, a little bit older, he just put boss man in front of it. But he's really committed to that and would like to pursue that later. But let's get to the football side where (laughs) there's no doubt side. There's a football side where there's no way he's going to last until this pick if that's what teams are you know, looking at, because this is a guy that can shadow receivers with the best of them. And like when I was watching Greg Newsome, like elite Calvin Joseph has some of those tendencies are just not as consistent, but there's a really good rep against Devonta Smith. Obviously the Heisman trophy winner, he gets an interception, just covering him downfield, stay with him, turn, not allowing Devonte Smith, one of the fastest guys in the draft to separate locates the football. Um, I think this is a guy that if he's there and the, you know, the NFL community, the, the GMs are looking like all oh, these character issues. Oh, we only started in nine games in his entire career in 2020 um, and didn't, didn't start when he was at LSU and he does drop. Well, maybe you take a chance on a guy like this. And I know the bears usually don't like to go for these type of guys, but when you know, your job's on the line and you need to win, you take risks. And I think Kelvin Joseph, if he were to fall this this far down and the Bears are moving up, this is someone you take. And look, he start, he did start on outside corner. I already had the Bears taking Greg Newsom. You figure it out. You let those guys kind of work it out and see where you project them at because you can get two ball hawks just out there alongside Jalen Johnson and then a revamped Eddie Jackson. Who's, who's passing on the Bears secondary? And you're hoping that, you know, with a revamped pass rush, Things will look, you know, pretty darn good there. So Kelvin Joseph, maybe he's not there, but maybe the character issues and some of the things that he deals with off the field can push him down and allow the Bears to select what I think is a first to second round talent on the football field. But the other things might push him down. And I think this would just be a phenomenal pick if he's available this far down in the draft. Very interesting. I'm still caught up on the rap career side. Again, it's awesome to be versatile and multifaceted and have different streams of uh talent that's pretty awesome <laughs> just like i said it's a little uncharacteristic here uh for the bears but interesting though two corners so quick um but like you said it's not a bad problem to have too many good well, any position uh in the nfl so no no complaints on my end i'm uh, moving to my pick here at 129 i'm gonna go with an edge player deo odeingbo I think I did okay, and I think my light just died. It's back. All right. <laughs> <laughs> the lights just went out on that pick, which I don't know if that's a good sign or not. Uh, he's the edge guy out of Vanderbilt. Uh, for me, one of the better players on the board at the time, and I know edge rusher is not the largest need on this defense this offseason, but we're all aware that with Robert Quinn, barring a miracle, he's going to need to be replaced sooner rather than later. We invested a fifth rounder in Travis Gibson last year, so why not add more youth again 
this year. And I was using a simulation. I gauged who would be available, looking at where we were around this pick. And in reality, you know, if the Bears do trade up, they're going to have a guy in mind, and maybe this would be one of those players. And with this pick, I'm betting on some traits. Uh, I saw Deo with a third-round grade. Uh, he was on the board. This makes sense. Uh, really good potential. Very strong athleticism. He's very versatile. He lined up at DE. He lined up at three tech. He also lined up at nose. Uh, but in the NFL, he's going to either be a defensive end or a stand-up outside linebacker in a 3-4. And I think that versatility could lead to maybe some uh, creativity there for Sean Desai now uh, running this defense and how to best use him. Uh, of course, he's a guy, as an edge rusher, you hope this, he can get to the quarterback in a hurry. Uh, he's very twitchy. Uh, he does need to continue to work on refining his skill set uh, and his approach to his different pass rush sets in general. But he's not overly polished. Uh, which is why he's not taking in the first two days. But luckily, the Bears have enough talent. And I'm using that term loosely when it comes to Robert Quinn. But he shouldn't be forced or rushed into action, which is good because he did tear his Achilles before the Senior Bowl. Uh, so this pick, for me, it's all about patience. Uh, when you watch his film, his speed off the snap is a huge plus. Uh, he really puts him in an advantageous position constantly. He has good bend off the edge, and he's another player with every single one of my defenders so far. He plays with physicality. Uh, he compares to Preston Smith, and some scouts say he looks a lot like Chandler Jones when he was coming out. I wouldn't mind if either of those comparisons panned out. Uh, when looking at Quinn, if this pick's hit, uh, hits, plus the potential of Gibson, and don't forget uh, Jeremiah Atachu we picked up in free agency this outside linebacker core uh, may be pretty scary uh, for some time to come so for me I went with edge and I'm gonna live or die by it and I feel pretty good about it right now yeah I almost forgot like who you know the Bears gained the outside linebacker from Denver but that would be a nice well-rounded outside linebacking core well I like the pick again it may not even be a 2021 contributor but with that Achilles, you have to see how those medicals turn out. But if you can look forward to the future and you're looking past Robert Quinn, I think that one would make a lot of sense to put a little. It's like investing. You put a little bit away now to have a little bit more down the road. All right. Well, Nick, up next, we have a few sixth round picks left to round up this mock draft. But first, I think we have a, at least one shout out and we can let people know if they want some shout outs during our draft episodes, how to do so. Yeah, absolutely. But I'll first start off uh, saying a quick message from our friend Mason West. Um, Mason at Team Rehabilitation in Barrington, Illinois, is bringing a whole new meaning to the phrase athletic assessment. Starting soon, they will have a Dorsa V, a medical-grade wearable technology that provides world-class treatment for athletes, which is easy to use and provides immediate feedback, identifies risk movement patterns, indicates likelihood of lower limb injury, and guides performance improvement. There are three modules, AMI, Athletic Movement Index, Running Assessment, and Knee Assessment. The AMI is a powerful screening tool for athletes, which helps you assess core and lower limb function, providing a range of objective measures. This technology is being used by collegiate and professional teams for their players, and now you have access. Mention the Chicago Audible. When you call to schedule and get 50% off your assessment, contact Mason at 224-512-7200 or find him on Instagram, dr.masonwest underscore sportspt to begin your journey to be the best athlete you can be. And remember, mention the Chicago Audible. Get that 50% off. Try out this technology that college and professionals are using. You won't regret it. Awesome. Do you want to let people know how to get a shout out if they want on? Again, we have a lot of content coming this week, so I think now's a great time. We haven't really talked about shout outs too much lately, but I think it's a perfect time to do so. Yeah, absolutely. So if you want to do it through Venmo or PayPal, we have those options for you. Just on Venmo, you can look up at the Chicago Audible. should see my name, the Chicago Audible logo, and then on PayPal, chicagoaudible.com slash PayPal is what you can make the donation out too. And yeah, put a name, put, put your friend in there that you want to give a shout out. Tell him you have to watch the next episode. There's going to be something there for you. That's always a cool way to kind of get involved and join our, you know, awesome community that we have here in the chat and all the bears listeners that, you know, obviously tune in each and every week. And there's like Will was saying, it's going to be so much content. There's going to be so much going on all these new players. So make sure you're, you're with us each round that the bears 
are on the clock. We will be live talking about it. So it'll be a great opportunity to get some shout outs during that time, but you can find it again, Venmo at the Chicago audible and then on PayPal, chicagoaudible.com slash PayPal. There you go. I did see a super chat come in from the Ghost of Judah tribe earlier here in the show. So I just want to say thank you uh, for that donation, that super chat, whatever we want to call it. I saw it come through here and I just want to say thanks so much. I see you in the chat all the time. I appreciate you being a consistent uh, contributor to it and as well as tuning into our show. So thank you so much. But Nick, I'm excited. Three sixth round picks left uh, for us. Are you ready as I am to kind of dive in and round off this mock draft? Let's do it. All right, here we go. With the 208th overall pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, I have the Chicago Bears selecting Jamie Newman, the quarterback out of Wake Forest slash Georgia, question mark. We'll we'll figure that one out. So, again, we decided to do this mock draft without trading up in the first round, which I think makes a lot of sense. And we missed out, or at least I missed out on Mond in the third didn't take him in the second with the other talent on the board then. So Jamie Newman still hanging around here in round six for me. And I decided, you know what? I'm going to pull the trigger. I'm going to roll the dice here. If Newman played last season, who knows what his draft stock would have been. He could have been considered more highly uh, than he is right now compared to his peers. But after transferring to Georgia, he did opt out last season. So he doesn't. we don't have any film to look at from last year. But going back to his starting season at Wake Forest, he was ultra productive. Nearly 3,000 yards passing with 26 touchdowns. Plus, he ran for another 575 yards and six more scores. Newman, he's a very thick-built quarterback, a really good athlete with a ton of agility. He doesn't go down easy, both in the pocket and when he's rushing. And as a thrower, he has pretty good arm strength. He knows how to use his touch and velocity to throw guys open. He's not the most accurate of quarterbacks in his draft class, of course. We're here in the sixth round, and he needs to protect the ball better, and he also needs to work on his feet a little bit more in the pocket as well. When you look at Newman and you dig a little bit deeper, you find out he's known to be a great leader on the field as well as off the field. He's someone that thrives in late-game situations where he remains as calm as ever. The word that just kept coming up was poise poise and I just love hearing that this guy has ice in his veins he's also renowned for being one of the hardest workers in the program so if I'm taking a guy this late I want him to be a hard worker because he's gonna have to work hard on his craft if he wants to play in the NFL so I don't mind taking a shot at a quarterback that has good size arm strength who's a dual threat and plays with that poise and here's also something Nick that was a little bit funny over the last few days when I was prepping for this show I saw someone in our chat on YouTube or I think it was a comment on our previous video, and he called him a poor man's Donovan McNabb. And that was interesting because when I, I remember recall Dak Prescott had that very similar kind of uh, comparison when he was coming out. So I looked up Dak Prescott's profile coming out, and I pulled it up to Jamie Newman's. Man, are they so similar. Both are applauded for uh, their big frame, their ability to be a rusher, both profiles mentioned the need to work on the same kind of things, pocket presence, ball placement. And then you know how NFL.com, uh, I don't use them as much as I maybe did in years past, but how they have like the scores uh, for all the players. Those are also very identical. Dak Prescott had a 5.9, Jamie Newman 5.8. So if the Bears take Jamie Newman here in the sixth round and we get a Prescott-esque quarterback, Talk about a huge win there for Ryan Pace. So for me, how the board fell, how we went across, how we went forward with this mock draft, the quarterback earlier did not make sense. But when I saw Jamie Newman, I had to pull the trigger. Will he be a franchise quarterback? Who knows? The chances are against him. Um, but if I had been on anybody at this stage of the draft, I think Jamie Newman will be uh, one of those that I would heavily put, you know, have favor for. Uh, so that's going to be mine. So yes, Nick, I was the first one, maybe the only one uh, to go quarterback here. We'll see about that. Um, I, with my 208th pick in the 2021 NFL draft, I have the Bears selecting Nick Neiman, linebacker out of that's Iowa. You do from Iowa. Coming. I mean, that's and two things. So right you had Jake Newman, Nick Neiman. Like I don't know. I'm like, hmm. wait, I saw the name. I'm like, oh, you're you're going pretty similar to me here. But look, Nick Neiman, I think is just an athletic linebacker that I think could have something here. When he, when you look at, I don't know if people know about Math Bomb, the Twitter account Math Bomb, which releases the relative athletic scores. He gave Neiman 
a 9.51 RAS score out of a possible 10. That, at the time when he, he put out that score, was ranked 104 out of 2,011 linebackers from 1987 to 2021. At that time it was released, that was the highest relative athletic score for this linebacker class. And you see it when he's playing. I think this is a guy that is agile, smart, just has a really good feel for the game. And at 6'3", 234, for someone that can move that fast, that fluently can identify rush lanes, the Bears are kind of still looking for, I think, linebacker depth. I know they, they just signed Christian Jones to you know provide that depth behind Roquan Smith, Danny Trevathan, but I still think they can add somebody else there. Does does Nick Neiman play a little high sometimes when when he's you know going up and trying to fill the lanes? Yeah, he does. He does do that. There's some tendencies like that, but I think his upside to drop down into zone lanes and just get into the way of over the middle coverage, you like to see that from Nick Neiman. He's like the physicality that he also plays with, and again, just having those athletic traits. That's what you're looking at. Like with Jamie Newman, you're looking for these athletic traits that can become something. And we're in the sixth round, people. It's not like the Bears are going to hit on each one of these guys here. So we're looking at what's the upside? What can he become? And Nick Neiman is a guy that I project he would immediately contribute on special teams. And if he's good enough, you know, can work his way up. He does have a brother, Ben, who does play in the Kansas State Chiefs. His dad was a coach for a long time. So football is ingrained in him. And it could be if he gets selected by the Chicago Bears here. There you go. Linebacker. I I kept looking at ways to get a linebacker in this draft, so maybe I'm spoiling. I don't have one coming up. Uh, it is a need. I went edge earlier instead, but I'm glad that uh, you did it. But, again, another Nick from Iowa. You couldn't have drawn up any better. That's that's actually what I said, Will. So you, you were thinking exactly the same same way as me. All right. Here we go. I'll go ahead and I'll kick off this second-to-last pick for us here. With the 221st overall pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, I have the Chicago Bears selecting Shakir Brown, the cornerback out of Michigan State. My previous pick here, by the way, was uh, Diamador Lenore, the cornerback out of Oregon. So I'm sticking uh, with the same position here. And I don't know why he fell all the way to 221 in my simulation, but he did. And that was an easy, done, simple decision on my part. Uh, this is a name that we talked about a bit uh, when we did our simulation mocks uh, just a couple of weeks ago. Uh, he's a guy that had a big breakout season last year in the Big Ten where he had five interceptions. Uh, what hurts, though, with him is his lack of sample size. Uh, only 12 starts in college, but still, uh, you love that ball production. 15 PBUs and six interceptions in his 12 starts. Uh, he knows what to do with the ball in his hands, too. Uh, he had two interception returns and went for 50-plus, including one touchdown. And what I like best here is that he does project as a nickel corner. I already got someone who can play outside earlier in my draft. And we all know nickel corner is a position of need. Uh, he excels, Brown does, in man coverage. And he's able to play up near the line of scrimmage and press uh, better than most. Uh, he has the speed to stay with his man. He also has good closing quickness as well. And he's very good at tackling in the open field. Uh, he's aggressive. Uh, he has a few hits that are going to grab your attention. He's able to and willing uh, to work through blocks, and he's always looking for the ball. And for me, when I'm going with Brown here, again, you're probably getting a special teamer as a rookie. Maybe you can throw him into the mix with the Duke Shelley, maybe the Kendall Vildor, whatever the Bears are planning to do with that nickel corner spot. Heck, since I drafted a corner earlier in this draft too, maybe he competes with him uh, just a little bit. But like you, Nick, who double-dipped at corner, you went a little quicker than me. Um, but I do feel like this is a position that, given the Bears, they keep trying to find guys to stick in the draft. And outside of Jalen Johnson, I think they're having a hard time of finding one. Uh, so I think Brown here for me, trying to go with another corner, uh, makes a lot of sense, and hopefully he can stick around. Uh, so that's where I'm at here uh, with pick 221. What do you got? Yeah, so I'm actually double-dipping again, and maybe this is the pattern that we were talking about, Will. So with the 221st pick, in 2021 NFL draft, I have the Bears selecting Frank Darby, wide receiver out of Arizona State. So this is a guy that, I again, I got a chance to watch him at the Senior Bowl. And the first thing that kind of stood out, they didn't know really much about Frank Darby. There's just a lot of energy, a lot of passion that he's playing. You hear him, regardless if he actually made the play or not, you're going to... You're gonna you're gonna know where Frank Darby's at. He's a guy that likes to dance, likes to celebrate when he makes big plays, and he was accustomed to doing that at Arizona State. 19.9 yards per reception, eight touchdowns, 
um, with 616 yards off 31 reception in 2019. The thing with Frank Darby, he's not, I would say, elite at really uh, as a route runner with speed. He ran a 4.59 at his pro day. He's about six foot, 200 pounds. So he's got decent size, decent speed, decent hands, decent route running, just not elite at really anything but his ball tracking skills. There's a, if you throw the ball up, there's a good chance Frank Darby's going to go ahead and locate it. He did have 11 drops compared to just 58 catches the past three seasons. So you don't really like that ratio, but I think there, what he can work, he can work on the route running to be more of a technician, like the Tylen Wallace that I had the bears taken earlier in the draft. But you just kind of like what he brings at that position, just having that high energy kind of guy. Like, I was thinking, and I don't know if this is a good comparison, but we always talk about Anthony Miller and the passion he kind of plays with. Frank Darby, I feel like it, his energy is kind of, in a way, it's like exciting, he's happy, he's dancing. Like, where Anthony Miller's, I don't know if it's just anger or what really it is, but but Frank Darby, a lower, obviously, we pick 221. Maybe he can become a solid guy. Also would have to contribute on special teams. And, you you know, you, you want to see what he can potentially do at the next level where you can line him up in multiple positions. He was primarily on the outside, but a guy that is going to take some work. And I think that's going to be a commonality for whoever you select at this point in the draft. No doubts about it. We've done this long enough to know that one. So another receiver there for Nick. So two receivers, two corners. Interesting. Uh, let's move into our final pick, 228, Nick. Let's go ahead and uh, I'll give it over to you. Yeah, with the 228th pick in the 2021 NFL Draft, the Bears select Sam Ellinger, quarterback out of Texas. Ah. There's the quarterback that everyone was waiting for. Not not really. But look, Sam Ellinger is a guy that, you know, had a lot of production there at Texas. He definitely isn't the most consistent a lot of his deep passes i was just watching in the games that i was watching um samuel cosme um what you see from ellinger is that he'll leave the deep ball inside where it's you know able to get intercepted by cornerbacks so it's not that consistent in that aspect and i think sam ellinger he does show what i like to see out of the quarterback position just toughness there's a lot of times where you're seeing sam ellinger where the pocket is collapsing there really isn't a play to be made, but somehow he squeezes out. We'll try to run for a first down and find, try to find that target over the middle. And he was consistent in some of the games that I watched of him. But look, this is more so the Bears. Hey, I don't know if they could just say, hey, we checked off the box. We drafted a quarterback. You can't be mad at us. But look, I think <laughs> at this point, what are you going to draft a, a lineman? That's not going to be anything. Why not at least draft a quarterback? It's pick 228 for, for Pete's sake. So this is a guy that, Maybe his career ends up being like like uh, another Texas quarterback and a Colt McCoy, who we talked about in the last podcast, Will, for just a little bit, and just as some a journeyman, uh, a backup. And uh, like I'm not expecting much, but I just looked at the board. I'm like, I'm not gonna go get a an offensive line. I'm not gonna get an. I'm not gonna dip triple dip as, at a wide receiver, a cornerback, <laughs> Sam Ellinger. And I, again, there's another guy I got to actually see at the Senior Bowl, and you know there was it was a lot of good, a lot of bad. A lot like how he played at Texas, just inconsistent at times, had some big plays here and there, but he is a quarterback, and I don't know how <laughs> people would perceive that. I don't know how people would perceive it. Like with even Jamie Newman, Will, I wonder, would Bears fans just be pissed? Like, yes. okay, so this is what you – like they get pissed when the Bears don't select the quarterback, right? But when they do, it's like that's a waste of a pick. So it's like this happy – medium that we're you know they're trying to solve but the bears can never satisfy everybody so last pick 228 sam ellinger out of texas the problem with is if they would if they wait till this stage to get quarterback given the current situation yeah it falls flat i'd be a little irritated i'm sure you would be too last year though different story they could have went with a guy i know uh, james morgan was one that i was excited about i don't know if you're still excited about was a guy yeah, yeah i know i know <laughs> at the time at the time so, yeah, it's just like with mine with Newman. It's not exciting. I wanted to at least get one if we we're going to do this mock draft, and that's kind of how it worked out. Uh, but with Ellinger, though, one thing about him uh, that I really like when I was looking into him is his leadership. Uh, he is a really good leader. Um, I know a lot of people in that locker room looked up to him. Uh, so I think whenever you are going for that position, that is something that is important uh, as well. Uh, so I just wanted to add that. 
But let's go ahead and wrap up this mock draft with my final pick here at 228. I have the Bears selecting Jalen Darden, wide receiver out of North Texas. So yeah, Nick, I'm also going to double dip at wide receiver just like you did. Uh, So Darden, he left North Texas as the school's all-time leader in receptions with 230. All-time leader in receiving yards with 2,782. All-time leader in receiving touchdowns with 38. And if drafted, he would be the first player drafted since at North Texas since 2004, which is crazy to think about. So here's a player, just like my other receiver, who has that extra gear. He's another 4-4-6 kind of guy. And that deep speed is something that he can use to his benefit. Helps create some of those looks underneath, and he's known... Jalen is for being extremely, extremely determined and the hardest worker. I love when I see those in draft prof- profiles. It makes me so happy. Again, that character to me is something that's very important for some of these lower round guys. Now, the issue, he's a little undersized and thin, 5'7", 174, but he is very difficult to bring down. Uh, the word that I saw in a lot of profiles, slippery, which makes a lot of sense when you put on the film. He also has return experience. We know we're looking for one of those right now. I would draft him right here at 228 with just a clear understanding that as a rookie, he's just going to be my kick returner. Maybe if we're not feeling good about Tariq Cohen's knee, he can also return punts. No problem. But then he also has the speed, which I think Matt Nagy would want to throw on offense sometimes. I mean, you have so much speed. If you had Cohen, Darden out there, the guy got earlier in Brown, Mooney, like how are you going to cover all that speed if you can stretch a defense uh, vertically and you use some of those horizontal, those long crossers? You should be able to find some easy throwing lanes for whoever's playing quarterback for the Bears here as well. But over time, perhaps he can develop into a larger role on offense. Uh, he does primarily line up in the slot. That's where he projects. Uh, so unlike my pick earlier that can play both inside and out, uh, Darden, not that he's a one-trick pony, but primarily he will be someone that will line up inside. Maybe he's someone that if you line up on the outside, you're trying to do some really quick screens, get guys in front of him, and see what he can do there after the catch. Uh, so earlier as well, Brown, he replaces Anthony Miller. This is more of like a Wims-Ridley replacement on the roster on the depth chart and provides something a little bit more uh, than they do. Ridley doesn't even get to suit up half the games at least this guy can return kicks uh so i think his value would be uh shown at least right away in that regard so that's gonna do it uh for my mock draft and nick if i was keeping score uh the way i think uh was accurate i think we did the same exact draft besides i went edge and you went linebacker Uh, yep that looks about right so i was thinking very similarly here well and actually so it's so funny that you bring up darden because this is the third time today that I've seen his name and I had never looked at, like I had seen his name earlier. So uh, yeah, two other people I saw on Twitter and then you, I'm like, okay. And also the bears did bring in his quarterback from a year ago, Mason fine from North Texas. So I'm like, Oh, North Texas, Mason fine. And you know, he he put up some really big numbers. I bet Darden was, you know, the recipient of some of those passes from, from Mason fine there. But yeah, it's just so, I don't know, full circle for this this long day I've had where I've seen him since the morning and now he he ends the day. Wow, that's that's pretty interesting. I, I told you I put in my picks yesterday morning. Uh so just how that all kind of all kind of came full circle for you. That is uh pretty interesting uh, to say the least. Uh so now that we've gone through the exercise one final time, uh, is there anything that you like or dislike that you wanted to to share with me or share with us? Yeah, so I, I knew you would ask this question, Will. Look, when I look back at Frank Darby and just what he – he's just very even keel on everything. It's not – and like I said, like I was saying earlier, it's not anything's really elite except his ball tracking skills. I wish he would have taken a flyer like a Darden, someone that has that speed that at least, hey, he's got that in, you know, as his, his go-to thing and maybe it can develop over time. Um, that would be the thing that maybe I'd go back and try to see what I could do there. Maybe even draft someone that's just a little bit faster and doesn't have is as even well-rounded and everywhere else, but at least he has a speed. That's something that I would go back and, and check out. But what about yourself? That's a really good question. I like my mock draft pretty well. <laughs> it's a perfect draft. You know, I, I feel like I usually do a pretty good job on these, but I, I don't know. I feel like edge still for a trade up may not make a lot of sense. Uh, again, I was using the board seeing it was there and I, I didn't like some of the talent. Like I it didn't make sense to maybe even trade up in that spot because it just didn't 
the value didn't align for me. Um, but so that's why I played the patience game with my guy uh, with that torn Achilles and not an immediate need, but I'm trying to look into the future just a little bit. I did look at linebacker and they were more like four, three Sam kind of guys and not someone that you would want to throw in as like a Danny Trevathan type of replacement uh, just yet. Uh, so maybe if I want to nitpick, that would be the one, but it's hard to pass up Ben Jenkins round one. Brown is a very intriguing option round two and uh, that corner of Debo in round three also, I think it'd be a potential day one starter uh, if Trufant doesn't live up to, I'm not going to say any hype, um, but maybe his namesake uh, just a, a little bit here in Chicago. Uh, other than that, I'm curious, Nick, you mentioned a really good point earlier uh, when you're talking about your quarterback, Sam Ellinger. Like, would Bears fans be happy or would they be pissed? And I think we both know the answer. No one would be happy. Um, but I want us to kind of try to separate fan brain and analytical brain or the analysis brain a bit. Looking at your draft and look at what we've done in simulations and just how it would go, do you hope they draft a quarterback early on? Like, if you have a chance for fields, maybe that makes the most sense. Uh, but outside of that, uh, and maybe Mon Falls, but I have a hard time, unless you trade down from pick 52, I have a hard time taking a quarterback at 52, uh, just looking at how the board shakes out. Yeah, I think the problem too, Will, when I look at, let's say the Bears don't, they don't move up. They can't get, they can't get a Russell Wilson. And they can't move up to get one of the top five guys. Then you get someone in round two, round three. The big thing for me is that you're going to have to be comfortable with this coaching staff building up that guy. And so that's where, for me, there's this inner conflict. Like we were, I think right when the Bears brought back Ryan Pace, Matt Nagy, we were like, one of these guys shouldn't be here because I think just the development on the roster hasn't been continuous since both these guys have gotten here. So if you're drafting one of these more not day one ready quarterbacks, you have to trust in those guys to develop them. And I don't think I have the trust in this coaching, this current coaching staff to do that. So that's why I think two out of my three mock drafts, I didn't have the Bears selecting quarterback because I just said, let's get, they're going to do best player available. And if they do that, they're going to build around the team and maybe the next coaching staff will get a chance to get a quarterback. So um, I think if it's not, if it's not day one, I'm more, I guess I, I would be okay if they just went best player available at other skilled positions rather than quarterback. To me, if one of that second tiers falls to pick 83 or in that realm, I can, I can stomach it. Uh, I just cannot stomach one of those guys like a Mills, a Trask or a Mond at 52. That one to me is that's a, you're really leaving so much talent on the table. And I know they said everything's on the table, but I don't think that's what they meant. <sighs> Uh, by everything is on the table. But yeah, I'm very much in the same boat as you. Uh, any other takeaways here? I feel like the bottom half of the draft, I guess my last takeaway just from all the homework I've done is the bottom half. So you're looking at round five, six, seven. Uh, I know we don't have a seventh round pick as it currently stands, but like round five and six, especially, I think has a lot of decent secondary and wide receiver depth there that if you wanted to pick up like we just double dip both of us did I think there are a lot of options for the Bears if they did want to double dip at any of those skill positions that sixth round they should be able to find a player that I think has a good chance of making this team and being a contributor down the road yeah absolutely well and just one last thing I don't think the Bears there's I think there has to be moves made before this draft is happens on Thursday you look at the field Yates had a tweet about the money that the bears currently have the bears are dead last with um, money to spend. They have $410,000. Well, dead last in the league. You can't sign all your draft picks with that amount of money. So I'm, I'm wondering what the bears in terms of moves are going to do to just open up some space there. I think there has, there has to be stuff done. You can't sign what you're, you're planning on getting in terms of the draft, some of these players. So, to definitely have to watch for that. I think Ryan Pace is actually going to talk tomorrow to the media, if I'm not mistaken. So, I, you know, again, I doubt anything substantive is going to come out of that. But that's something that I would be interested in, just seeing what moves are potentially made before this draft actually starts to to happen here on, on Thursday. But it's, it's going to be interesting there. I was going to ask you one last question, Will. At pick 20, what's the one move that – if the Bears come out with this player at pick 20, it's like we're, we're quitting the podcast. We're wrapping things up. Just done. Done with the Bears. I saw – here, uh, I'll, I'll go with mine. Somebody mocked – I was trying to find it. I thought I tweeted something about it, but 
somebody had Davis Mills mocked to the Bears at number 20. And I, I just, I was like, okay, you just put me in a bad mood. <laughs> you, you just put me in a bad mood, dude. Whoever you, are you just trolling? Like, what is this? So um, that I'll just come out and say like doing that, even if that's like, like if you go quarterback, that's not in the top five at 20, I, I'm not, I'm not showing up to the podcast. Like I'll just going to log out of the screen. Like, yeah. oh, well, good luck. <laughs> but yeah, that's one that just really ticked me off. Um, I think that's just a, a clear, clear overreach. And you're just trying to, you know, get somebody, but is there anybody that falls for you or even a position? that you think well, if it's at pick 20 the only qb i'm taking at 20 that can i'm not even gonna say realistically but the only one that i think people speculate could fall would be mac jones and okay at that point i wouldn't be mad but i told you i wouldn't be happy with any quarterback at 52 who would probably be there so yeah i wouldn't feel good about them at 20 either uh the wide receiver out of florida though tony uh i see getting mocked to the bears a lot at 20 and i feel like 20 is a little too early for him. If I'm going wide receiver round one out of the realistic options, it would be Bateman uh, out of Minnesota, who was unfortunately taken one pick before my simulation. I'm okay with Jenkins, though. Um, but if I'm going for a receiver in round one, I think the only one that realistically the Bears have a shot at and that I would take uh, would be Bateman out of Minnesota. That's a good that, – yeah, I'm glad you brought up Tony because I think it was the NFL Network had a you know full mock draft and Kay Adams – um, who should definitely come on the podcast at some point had Kadarius Tony as, as the pick. I was like, oh, and I was doing just like late night work. It was around midnight. I'm like, no. And then, you know, turned off the TV and started doing what I was doing. But yeah, Kadarius Tony, I agree with you. Not at 20. There's a trade back scenario, maybe, but he's just like a gadget player, but I completely agree with you on that one. Uh, other than that, my last question for you uh, is, uh, are you ready for Thursday? I got myself an orange Zoa that I'm saving for Thursday night. So I know you've been talking it up uh, to me privately uh, for the past couple of weeks, and I found one. It's in my fridge, and it's waiting for Thursday night. Is it the sugar-free one, or is it the original? Probably the original. Okay, good. That's that's. A, I like those better. I, you know, I don't care about the calories and the sugar that's in there. It's going to do no. its job. Then, so, but I am ready. I actually will have a TV now in front. Usually, I don't have a TV in front of me to kind of go and watch the picks live, but. There's a TV there. You got the screens right here. I'm prepared. I'm so ready to be done with mock draft. Like I said at the beginning of this episode, I'm done with this. <laughs> like we're, <laughs> we're done with mocking all these people that, you know, just scenario. But it's a good learning experience. Oh, yeah. Here we go. Will, you're, you're, uh, I got to put my put my hand here. You ready for this Ready for this draft? Yeah, I'm ready for this draft. See, <laughs> green screens are fun. I can't wait to see what we can do with some green screens down uh, down the road. We're just getting started. We're just trying to haphazardly put a background behind us and there goes my hand all green and whatnot but no i'm re <laughs> very ready for thursday uh, these are my favorite i would almost say these are my favorite episodes it's it's a slog though thursday night friday night i'm happy though that we have a first round pick because uh, we've always stayed on on the ready in case the bears traded into the first round uh, over the past couple of seasons of course it hasn't happened but those are late nights just waiting you and me in a green room are we going to have to go live or not, even though we don't think we will? And, of course, my favorite memory is uh, when we did draft David Montgomery. That's still one of my favorite draft <laughs> podcast memories of all time. Yeah, that was, uh, that was a good one. One, because that was my guy, but yep. two, because of the circumstances of when that pick happened, where I was at at the time. See, I feel good about this. I'm good at choosing some defender, you know, defenders on this team. I got Roquan right. I got Jalen Johnson right. You got David Montgomery right. Like, we don't do a bad job here like, when we're going through this exercise. So I hope, uh, again, I hope one of us gets at least hits on one uh, over this weekend at one point or the other. But I think that's going to do it for this episode. If you want to, if I'm just going to give you one last chance before I sign off. No, that that's it. We're done. Pre-draft stuff no more is mock over with. No more mock drafts. The real thing is happening on Thursday. And I'm really looking forward to everyone being in the chat, being ready, seeing what they're going to do. Like, this is an exciting time. Well, like, I agree with you. The, the draft episodes are awesome. Our reactions and just the analysis that goes into seeing whoever the Bears are going to select. Usually it disappoints us, but we'll see what ends up happening day one on Thursday. So you're telling me you would not be happy with me if I woke up tomorrow and said, let's do one more mock draft episode. You want to do it? I'm just not responding. Yep, fair. <laughs> well, is that different than any other text I ever send you? I'm kidding. I'm just not, I got to get better at that. It's just not, 
Yeah. Remember, my phone was also glitchy too, which it was, I don't think text. really. Yeah, you make up for it, all the double texts uh, that come back yep, my way. Exactly. You and your 5G, that's not. But all right, I'm going to call off this episode <laughs> here. I hope you found this mock draft, uh, mine, maybe Nick's, to be both fun and informative. Uh, as we mentioned, we can't wait for Thursday night just like you. And now's a good time to remind you, if you haven't yet, to join the 7,000 Bears fans who subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, we will be going live every single time the Chicago Bears are on the clock all weekend long. Yeah, that means we could have... Well, at least some of these six-round picks kind of are close to one another. But, yeah, it's going to be a long Saturday, uh, to say the least. But these are my favorite shows of the year. Uh, Nick and I will be sharing our live thoughts uh, before the pick. And, of course, we're going to react and analyze every single pick the Chicago Bears make. So, Nick, rest up. I know you had a busy day today, but rest up. Rest that throat. Get the voice, you know, back into game shape because, you know, I'm going to need it. You're going to need it as well. So we'll be back Thursday night. Will we be going live with a top 10 pick? What about top 15? Top 5? Pick 20? Perhaps later? Who the hell knows? But we're going to find out here soon. So we'll see, see you whenever the Bears are on the clock. But until then, bear down, Chicago. Bear down.